Father, I just uh, I thank you for your wounds paying our ransom. And Father, right now I just uh, I just pray that we would look to your word, we'd focus solely on your word and and what you're trying to tell us. I pray that uh, we would not be focused on what's going on at home or with our finances or anything like that, God. I, I just pray that uh, we listen to what you're saying because it's the most important thing. And I pray that, uh, that you would give me the words so that I can speak clearly. I can speak with truth, with clarity, and with love. Everything that you would have for me to say. God, I pray for uh, the person in here who has no idea that they're not a Christian. Lord, that, uh, that you would open up their eyes with grace and with love. I just pray for the, the person in here who knows they are not a Christian, but uh, can't seem to stop faking it. And for the person who is a Christian, and God, they are struggling with sin and temptation, I pray that uh, you would remind them today that they are dead to sin, and that it no longer has any power over them, and that we all face temptation, but it is you who we delight in, Lord, not, not our sin. I just pray that, that we would be reminded of that and encouraged that no matter what we face in this life, God, is if we are yours, then everything is for our good and our whole life is for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so um, if it's your first time here, I know I'm a little young to be the pastor because I'm not the pastor, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor of the youth, not, not the actual uh, pastor. Uh, Kenny is somewhere else, so I had to preach. And uh, Kenny's a morning person, but I'm not. Uh, he doesn't sleep, and I, I have to sleep at least six hours, and that's like not enough, you know, like I need to get eight, you know, like if I don't get eight, I'm not functioning right. If I get more than eight, you know, I'm dead to the world still, but I need to write about eight. But Kenny, he'll be up at three in the morning studying for his message on Sunday. He'll just come right in like it's nothing. But um, I'm used to preaching tonight. But I was just, uh, he told me just to preach about whatever and uh, to not follow any series. So I chose to talk about something that I've been talking, I had a conversation with my friend about at work. Um, I don't, I don't think he'll ever listen to this podcast, so I'll just say it. Uh, um, he, goes, he goes somewhere else. That's why he wouldn't. I don't think he knows the podcast, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So I'm not going to say his name. But uh, we were talking, and, um, and he was wondering about um, seeing, like, if, if somebody had gone through, like, a really hard time in their life, and all of a sudden they, uh, you know, they decide, hey, I'm going to kind of go off the deep end and I'm going to do this particular thing. Maybe I'm going to, you know, kind of dive into alcohol just to kind of numb the pain or uh, something along those lines. You know, like what if, you know, they're a Christian and they decide to just, you know, go some, you know, live a different life now, you know, because it's just hard. It's too hard. And we had, we kept going back and forth with questions upon questions and, and, um, 
ultimately, I just came, like, because he was asking me, and, and he was kind of putting his two cents in. Then he'd ask me another question, and we just kept going back and forth, you know, just talking about it. And uh, ultimately, what it came down to was, um, was the fruits of your life. You know, it, it's, it's, it's the overall picture of your life and the fruit that, that is growing from your life. And, uh, but it sent me into a deeper thought. Like, it sent me into this, like, where I'm just, I'm really struggling with this because um, I guess in our demographic, like in the South, you know, we are in the Bible Belt, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there is a church on every corner. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it does make it hard for people uh, to really understand if they are a Christian or are not because there is so many things going around and there are so many people who are Christians. Um, for example, when I was in eighth grade, uh, we had this little thing, um, FCS, like Fellowship of Christian Students, and we had it in this little, this little room and a uh, man brought donuts. He was, he was my math teacher. He'd bring donuts and he would talk about God's Word, have somebody come in there and speak or something like that. And at that point in time, I had never, I didn't really like go to church. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I knew what church was. I had been before. I didn't go. So like I didn't, I didn't know all the terminology, nothing like that. So I go in there and um, I thought at that point in time, you know, like I actually believe what they're saying. I want to believe what they're saying. So I consider myself a Christian because that is what I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be that, whatever they're talking about. And I had that desire, but I didn't understand what a Christian was or I wouldn't have said, I'm a Christian. And it wasn't until 10th grade where I really realized that. I was 15. But it's just, it's so hard here to, like, explain things. Like, you know, as, as, a, as a preacher, you want to be really careful about what you say, right? Like, you want to be, like, really careful about how you word things, and you don't want to lead people astray, and you, you want to tell them 100% truth, and, like, I sometimes have a really hard time talking about grace because I'm scared that the way I explain it will make people abuse the grace. You know, like, no matter how much sin you have in your life, that God's grace can cover that, right? In Romans chapter 5, it says that where, where sins increase, grace abounded all the more. So no matter how much sin you have, it could be up to here, grace is that much higher. If it's up to here, grace is that much higher. So no matter your worst sin God could cover that with his grace. He loves you that much. And we talk about that so much. And that's at the end of chapter 5. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, it says that should we continue to sin so that grace could continue to abound? Like, should I continue to sin so that I can experience God's grace over and over again? Because I love to experience God's grace. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sin one more time just so I can experience that grace more. But he asked that question, and he, he answers himself. He says, should we continue to sin so that grace may abound? And he says, no, we should not. Because how can we who died to sin still live in sin? So I thought about that. I thought about that over and over again. We have died to sin. So that, does that mean that, that we don't sin anymore? No, it, it does not mean that. It's meaning that we don't live for sin anymore. We were alive to sin at one point in time, and we died to that, and now we live for Christ, and now we are alive to that. Now, we are no longer a slave to sin, but now we're a slave to righteousness. 
Well, we're going to talk about that this morning in Galatians chapter 5. I feel like it, I feel like it explains it so well. Um, what's crazy is in, uh, in Luke chapter 9, see, Kenny's been in, in, in Luke, and that's where I was going to stay because I felt like it was consistent. But in Luke chapter 9, it says that Jesus told everybody that was in front of him that day. He said, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to be my follower, then you must deny yourself, take up your cross, not just once, but daily, and follow me. And so I thought about grace. I thought about faith. Because it is by grace through faith that we are saved. That's the only way we're saved, right? It's the only way we're saved. But it seems to me that the death happens in between the grace part and the faith part. I feel like death is in there. It seems to me that that faith is the sword that kills the sin. That I feel like in between there from when God shows you grace and gives you the gift of the grace and the faith that in there somewhere, we are dying to ourself. We are dying to ourself. In Galatians chapter 5, it says that we should follow the Holy Spirit now. We shouldn't follow our sinful nature because the Holy Spirit, which is the life inside of us, see, we were dead, now we are alive, right? talk about that all the time. We were dead in our trespasses, but now we are alive. Like we, baptism shows that we are dead and now we're alive. It's talking about death to life, from death to life. The life inside of us is the Holy Spirit, and we have died to sin. That's the death. We have died to sin. It says we should follow the Holy Spirit now, not our sinful nature. Because why? The Holy Spirit and the sinful nature desire two totally different things. They're opposite. And so, this is what it says in verse 19 of Galatians chapter 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So they're not, they're not vague, right? Sometimes, you know, I talk to people and, um, and you can be like, do you, uh, you know, do you think that this person's a Christian? And you ask, well, well, why do you ask that? Because that actually concerns me. Every single person that I come in contact with, I immediately think to myself, I need to know if they're a Christian or not. Not because I want them to follow the same lifestyle I follow. I want them to have the same hope that I have. Because I feel like if they don't have that hope, not, not that I feel like, if they don't have that hope, then this life is it. This is the best thing for them. And that after this, this life has no purpose without Jesus in their life. And I'd be talking to somebody and, and I'll say, do you think they're a Christian? Well, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, and the more I spend time with that person who I'm concerned about, I realize within five or ten minutes whether they are, Right? Because the results are very clear. It's very clear. If you go up to an apple tree and it's growing pears, there's something wrong with that. 
To me, it's very clear. You don't see grapes on an oak tree. It's very clear. And when I talk to somebody, I say, do you think they are? And they say, I don't know. I immediately begin to question their salvation as well. And he's like, I, I can't judge them based, you know, based off what they do. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't know, judge them and say that there's no hope for them. That, that's being judgmental. And say, well, they are the way they are because they, they do this and that. I don't want to talk to them. That's being judgmental. But, you know, even children are judged by the way they act. You know, when, uh, when Collins gets, you know, four or five years old and she steals a cookie out of our cookie jar, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something, you know, because she's acting up. She talks back to me, you know, I'm going to say something. There's, I mean, there's discipline involved. And, and you judge the person's actions because that's what you see. You know, what you see is an overflow of what's on the inside. And what's on the inside is what matters. So it's very clear. Here's the results. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Not really sure what that is, so don't ask me. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, when I'm talking to somebody, and I want to know, hey, What's the condition of your soul? And out of love for that person, I'm not going to tell them, you know, hey, you're just sexually immoral. Or, hey, you're just an idolater. Or, hey, you're this. Or, hey, you're that. But the thing is, is that if you see those things in that person, you know. I mean, it's so obvious. It is so clear. Why do we make the Bible not so clear? It makes zero sense to me. It makes zero sense to me why, why we can't talk about the Bible for what it really is. It says that if, you, if, if these things are a result of your life, because you're following your sinful nature, that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means you will not go to heaven. That's, you know, the kingdom of God. That means that eternal life is not yours. That means that you will not go to a better place because those things are a result of your life. And, you know, we don't really deserve heaven, right? It's not, you know, it's not a judgmental thing to say, well, you're not going to heaven. No, it's, it's a more, you know, you could say it in a really judgmental way 
as if they have no hope. But that's not what it's meant to be in the Bible. What it's meant to be is, listen, I'm going to tell you like I've told you before, that's what Paul said, that anyone who does these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's if you follow the desires of your sinful nature. That's sin, all that stuff. That's not, that's not the only sins, but it's a lot of sins right there. And, you know, not every Christian, I, I talked about this Wednesday, but not every Christian is called to go live in Kenya full-time, be a full-time missionary. I'm going to go and do that. Not every Christian is called to do that. Is every Christian called to go Yes, you're supposed to, as you go, make disciples. So yeah, you're going to be going. But is every Christian called to go to Kenya? Is every Christian called to go to Africa or South America or Haiti? Or is every, no, because if every Christian was called to be there, then that would be the only place that Christians are. You see what I'm saying? Like It, it wouldn't make any sense for everybody to be called to one thing. You see, not, not every Christian is called to be a pastor. You know, there's, there's a bunch of different uh, things that Christians are called to do, you know, different gifts that, that the Holy Spirit gives you. Not every Christian is called to be a pastor. You know, are those two things great? Yeah, they're great. Like, if you are going to live in Kenya full-time to just pour your life out to those people and share the gospel with them, that is great. That's 100%. That's awesome. If you aspire to be a pastor, that is a great aspiration. It's a very hard thing to do, but it's a great aspiration. You know, not every Christian is called to just sell their whole, everything they own, every single possession they own, and just go live on the streets and then give everything they have to the poor. Not every Christian is called to do that. We see it in the gospel where Jesus is like, hey, man, you should sell everything you have and give it to the poor. He told him that because he knew he was in love with his possessions. And his possessions and his money was his God. If your possessions and your money is God to you, then, yes, you should probably do that. But not every Christian is called to do one specific thing. Those are experiences. Those aren't principles. Those are, those are not a principle to say, you, if you are a Christian, you have to do this. Or if you do this, you are a Christian. That's not true. But, you know, there is one thing that every Christian is called to do. Every single Christian, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what church you go to, every single Christian is called to do one thing that I know we have in common. And that's a call to die. You are called to die to yourself. You are called to die to yourself. That is so key. You can do all those things. You could be, you could be at church every Sunday. You could be at church every Wednesday. You could live in Kenya full time. But if you have not died to yourself, all of that is worthless. All of it is worthless. And, and you know, grace and faith cannot be yours apart from dying to yourself. Has anybody ever seen one of those little power strip things like where you can plug in like six different things at once? You know, those things have to be plugged into a wall. 
Like if you plug that thing into itself, it becomes useless. It ain't going to be working. You got to plug that into a power source. You, you can't be doing all these things and be plugged into yourself, having faith in yourself, trusting yourself, self being number one. What's scary is some of us may not even realize that self is number one. That's the scary part. I can't fix that. All I can tell you is that self cannot be number one. You have to die to yourself. What does that mean? Does that mean you should no longer enjoy life? You're dying to every pleasure that there is? No, that is not true. You're taking your sinful nature and you're saying, I am through with you. I'm done. I hate you. I hate sin. I hate how it makes me feel. I hate the burden. I hate lying. I hate stealing. I hate being impure. I hate having an idol in my life that I have to worship because it doesn't love me back. I hate all of this stuff. So when you open your eyes and, and your ears are now open to hear and your heart is now open, you now see that sin has nothing good for you. So you die to that. And you're like, I don't want that anymore. I'm through with it. I'm dying to that. I don't like depending on myself for everything. I'm tired. I need hope. I need something that goes beyond this life. You see, apart from dying to yourself, there is no joy. There is, joy doesn't just come with grace that God has. Joy doesn't just come. See, the peace, you don't have peace without dying to yourself. You don't have it. it can, it's impossible. You cannot have the peace that, is, that is, goes beyond understanding the, what Philippians 4 talks about. You cannot have that apart from dying to yourself. You cannot have everything that the gospel offers, the strength that the Holy Spirit provides for you to, to do things in this life that are, could be impossible, to get through times like cancer and all those other kind of things. There's the healing that goes on inside. The gospel offers all of that, and it cannot come apart from dying to yourself. Dying to sin. You see... Here's what's crazy, is that we used to be, you know, sin is death, right? The wages of sin is death. So we, we consider sin to be death. We used to be alive to death and dead to life. Who is Christ? Jesus is life. But you know what it should be? We are dead to death and we are alive to life. That's what it should be. That's the hope. Here's how you tell, though. Here's how you tell. So you have the, the person who follows their sinful nature that we should not be judgmental to, but that we should show an immense amount of love and care and concern for their souls. But if someone claims to be a Christian and they are doing those things, you need to say something to them. Stop being scared of talking to people about their faith. Just stop. It makes zero sense. If someone's talking to me about being a Christian, you know, I, was, I was talking to somebody one time, 
He had no idea I was a youth pastor. And I don't care that I'm a youth pastor, so I'm not just going to tell him at the beginning of the conversation like I tell him my name. So that's just weird. So I tell him my name, and we're talking, and somebody comes up to me, and hey, hey, how are the kids? Like, how's your youth going? Is it, you know, this and that, and just talking, and all of a sudden he knows I'm a youth pastor. Whole demeanor changes. Stops cussing. Stops doing this, stops talking about this girl, that girl, whatever. Stops doing all that stuff that he thinks I'm, you know, that I'm into, I guess, because I'm just a normal person. And I just looked at him like, man, what the world? Because he started talking about how he speaks at church. He starts talking about how he goes here and he goes there and, and he's been on this mission trip, that mission trip. And I said, I was like, man, hold up. Like, what happened to you? Like, I, I just had to say it. Like, I was so tired of being passive toward everybody, you know, just like, well, I don't know if they're saying, I, I got so tired of that. I, I'm just sick of it. Like, why? Why do you have to be so passive about it? Why can't you just talk to someone about, about that? You ask them. Ask them nicely. You know, talk to them gently. But don't just let them do it. It's not good. It's not okay. And I was like, Hey, uh, why are you talking to me different now? Oh, what, what, what do you mean? I don't know, man. I just, you were like cussing and stuff and talking about this. And I mean, he was talking about like drugs and like all kinds of stuff. Like, and this being judgmental and all this. I mean, I wasn't even talking. And the dude, the dude just switched to I'm a preacher. And I mean, He's a preacher, and he does this, and he goes on mischief. trips. And I was like, what happened, man? Like, I don't, he was like, uh, you know, he was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, and I was like, look, man, and I was like, I really, I don't want to tell you this, like, for real, but I just, I don't, I don't think you're a Christian, man. He was like, he just looked at me. He was kind of shocked. But. Um, by the way, you do get really nervous when you tell somebody that. It, it, it gets because you, you impose it on their bubble. You know, they got a bubble, and you all up in that bubble when you say that. But, you know, I just couldn't handle it no more. He was like, oh, no, no, trust me, I'm a Christian. And I, I've done this or done that. I was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And when I did it one time, made it easier the next time, Made it easier the next time. In fact, I had somebody that I was talking to at work, and we were talking about the gospel and what it means to be a Christian. At the end of the conversation, he said, hold up. So are you telling me, like, you know, since we talked about this, like, are you saying that I'm not a Christian? I was like, I mean, what do you think? And he was like, I don't, I don't think I'm a Christian. I was like, I mean, I don't think you are either. And he stopped calling himself a Christian. And we're cool. We still text. He don't even work with me no more. Isn't that crazy? You know the best friends you have in the world are the ones who tell you the most truth? Really crazy. Some of us in here are lying to each other. We need to stop. It's not cool. But here's how you tell if someone is a Christ follower. But the Holy Spirit, you know, there's two. There's, a, there's the sinful nature and there's the Holy Spirit. 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It produces a different kind of fruit, you guys. It produces this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And I want to point out something. It says that it produces this kind of fruit. Fruit, not fruits. It's one, one you know, singular. So it's one fruit. Has anybody ever bitten into an apple before? You got any fruit eaters in here? Guess nobody likes apples. So, you know, there's different parts of an apple, right? You know, you got the, the textury inside that's like, you know, real mushy, but it, you know, it's got that slight crunch to it. You know, but you got the skin on the apple. There's seeds in that apple. There's a stem that holds it up on the tree. All kinds of things that has it. It's in that one fruit. And when you take a bite of that apple, or when you have an apple, you can't separate those things. Those things, then it becomes like not a real apple. Like, you know, you could take the skin to eat the skin. That's just kind of weird. You know, most people take the skin off to eat the insides. But you can do all kinds of things with that apple. But the apple itself, the, the fruit, cannot be separated. Those things cannot be separated from each other. Just like love cannot be separated from joy, cannot be separated from peace, cannot be separated from patience, and so on and so forth. These things will be true of your life if the Holy Spirit is in you. You cannot have every single one of them other things and not have love because that means that the Holy Spirit does not reside inside of you. If you have every single one of those things but you have outbursts of anger because you don't have any patience whatsoever, that may be something you struggle with, but if it is a continual thing, man, come on, just be real with yourself. Like, sometimes I get road rage. Like, if I'm late to somewhere, like, God, these people are going 45 and 45. What is wrong with them? You know, like, why are they going the speed limit? And I'm mad because I'm trying to get to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying not to be late. But you know what? You know what sin is to a Christian who has the Holy Spirit inside of him or her? You know what, you know what a Christian is, what sin is to that person? Sin is a burden that afflicts us rather than a pleasure that delights us. That's what sin is to a Christian. In Romans chapter 7, it talks about it. I do the things that I don't want to do. We do not like sin anymore. Sin is not what we want. Sin is not what we long for. Sin is not what we practice to get better at. Instead, we train ourselves up in righteousness. Now we are a slave to do the right thing. And you have to be real with yourself. Because how can you, if you've died to sin, still live in sin? It doesn't make any sense. It's backwards. It's really obvious. And you have to tell yourself the truth. You cannot lie to yourself. It's very bad for you. It's very bad for you. And it's also bad for the people around you. Because they are looking to you, if you are a Christian, to be like Christ. But instead, you are like Satan with Jesus' clothes on. Do you understand how dangerous that is? How backwards that is? You know, it's, it's just, I sound like I'm frustrated. I'm not like really, really mad or anything. It's just, that is frustrating 
to hear, like to see that happening and going on. Because we don't want two of you. If that is you, we don't want two of you. Don't go share the gospel. Because your gospel is not the same gospel that a true Christian is following. It's not the same. And if you are not a Christian and you're sharing the gospel, you're not going to be telling the whole truth. I'm sorry. It cannot come out of your mouth. The whole truth cannot. I'm telling you, you can say Jesus died on the cross for your sins. It's not, the whole truth is not going to be pouring out of you to where you are giving hope to that person. And when they look at your life, this person that you are sharing the gospel with, which I highly doubt someone who is not a Christian that claims to be a Christian is actually going to be sharing the gospel. I really highly doubt that because most people who are actually Christians have a hard time sharing the gospel, which is a scary thing because you should not be ashamed of Jesus and the gospel, the good news that is inside of you. And I would really venture to say that if you are ashamed of that, then you truly don't believe it yourself. That you are not truly invested into the good news and saying, I have died to myself and now I live for that. You have to just be real. That's my, that's my message this morning is you should die to sin. And I, I, I'm guessing everybody in here claims to be a Christian. I'm just assuming that. And if you don't, that's Okay. I'm assuming that everybody in here says, I am a Christian. Ask yourself, have you died to sin? And if you have not, no, you're not. And you have to be real with yourself. It's okay. I've had students. Students, right here. These kids. Be in small groups and say, and admit. Admit that they are not. Because we've talked about it on a real level. And they've said, I'm just not. Does that mean they don't want it? I don't know. I can't. I'm not like, you know, a soul reader. I just, you know, think the Bible is very clear. That's what it says. It's, the results are clear that if you are a Christian or you are not a Christian, that's my only concern. I, I want to know, are you or are you not? And if you are not, you need the hope. And then it's in your hands. It's, it's your responsibility at that point. So, so, some of us just have to be, to just get real with ourselves. And it seems like a, you know, like today, yeah, today would probably be a, a really good idea. Because the more you put it off, the harder it's going to get to really tell the truth to yourself. And it's like, well... I just don't, I'm, I want to think about it. Well, that's fine. But don't talk yourself out of the truth. As long as your thinking is diving you deeper into truth, that is a good kind of thinking. But you should be real with yourself. If you claim to be a Christian and you realize that you are not. But if you are not a Christian and you don't claim to be or you've come to that realization and you want that, even that is forgivable. And it's never too late to die to your sin. And Jesus makes you a new person. 
you're scared that you're going to dive back into the sin that you were doing, whether it's sexual morality, looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, doing things at parties you shouldn't be doing, or lying, or stealing, or having an idol in your life. If you're scared, like, I, I want Jesus. I'm just scared that I'm going to go back. I'm telling you, once you die to your sin, you say, God, I want you more than anything. Your desires change. Your desires change. I'm going to read this, and this is going to be the end of it. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. Our sinful nature was nailed to the cross. Those nails are what kills your sinful desire. That is what dies. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So, I just think you should listen to what God's trying to tell you. And if your heart's beating out of your chest because you may not want to make that decision right now or you're kind of scared, I just feel like you should follow that because, because that's, that's God trying to tell you the truth. And that burden you feel on your shoulders will go away when you let him take it. And that sin that's got you held captive will no longer be your master. God will be. And he loves you. Sin doesn't love you.